Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Enjoy, Peter. So nice to see you. Doing well. Hallelujah, man. I'm so excited for the school year. I do believe um, with that. I've been talking with Alani as well in regards to we're gonna probably in near future, very near future, to increase our youth nights possibly to even a weekly or bi-weekly. We're working through that, but I just asked the whole church to pray for our youth to continue to pray because they're like so young, but then like they grow so quick and it's incredible. And they, you can already have such deeper conversation. If I'm having such deep conversation with my daughter and she's like six years old, you know, we're talking about marriage, you know, why divorce happens, what happens, what's going on around us, like how devil is trying to mess and infiltrate their early minds, you know, um, and... Satan's twisting everything, obviously, but the thing is, before children were not as impacted, but now it's like, it's so evident the agenda of the enemy is just like trying to infiltrate grade schools, like just kindergartens and having these just wicked stuff happening. So I, and I'm encouraging all parents to pray, pray and be involved, pray without ceasing for them. It's so important because they have a future. God has prepared a future for them. And it's amazing. So praise God for that. Last couple of weeks, we had amazing, amazing, powerful messages. We had a lot happening. Uh, Pastor Mark gave us some powerful words as well. It's just been amazing to see his apostolic anointing just pouring out out of him. You know, it seems it doesn't even need to try. Just can open up the Bible and preach a storm. And I'm just, I've received so much with that. I'm just very thankful. Very, very thankful. Uh, for the pastors that came before me, and I'm just, it's an honor to stand um, with you, to be together. I'm going to open up to John chapter 15. We're going to read 1 through 11. All right, John chapter 15, 1 through 11. If you don't have your Bible, just look on the screen. It will be there for you. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. The power of the word, amen, cleanses us. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do. You're like, yeah, apart from God. What? Nothing. (laughs) Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in me, or in my love. Verse 10, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. There's an answer right there. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Amen. Man, that is some really good stuff. I don't do drugs. I do scripture. That is some really good stuff right there, all right? That is just, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. God wants us to live in joy. He wants us to live happy, you know, but there's a difference between happy and joy. Happiness depends on the mood. Joy depends on the condition of your heart. Joy is something that, whether it's like a, it's a faith aspect of a happiness, you know, but it's dealt directly with faith. You can have joy of the Lord despite of any troubles you may face. But look at this. What one word that just keeps popping out. We read 11 verses, and in these 11 verses, The word remain is stated 11 times. I mean, there's some really profound statement here, right? The Lord is trying to like really get it down to you. Last time, 
I shared, I, my message title was Remain to Sustain. And I remember our, our sister Liz came up to me afterwards, and uh, she's like, you know, remain to sustain and maintain. And that really dropped on me. I'm like, that is so good. So, Miss Liz, thank you for the title of today's message. That really just really spoke to me. Remain to maintain. Okay. Let's have a prayer. Lord, we just thank you right now. We thank you for your word. Man, that is so good. Lord, I pray that your word today would permeate our hearts and transform us, Lord. And I pray, Father God, against any plans of the enemy, and I bind them in the mighty name of Jesus. If there's any distraction that may come against this word, Lord, I just pray, Father God, today you'd be able to touch every heart. And Lord, that we would walk away here differently than we came in, believing what you can do through us when we remain in you. Amen. Amen. I remember after college, um, speaking of Pastor Mark, I ran into him at Lowe's. I was just like trying to figure out like what church to serve and minister at. And it was just incredible um, just to see how God was after my heart. At an early age, you know, I, my dad was a pastor all his life. And um, I thought, yeah, I would somehow eventually would end up in ministry doing something for the Lord. Um, you know, and when I, re I remember just like running to Pastor Mark, he's like, hey, come on, let's go and uh, you can lead some worship, you know, and things like that. Just if you got nothing going on, if you're not planted in any church, you know, you should come and uh, serve there, serve where you're needed. But uh, I remember there's times uh, past and uh, so I was serving here and just doing whatever I needed. Just, I was involved with worship. And then, but I remember there was, my parents were at a other church. And that church, uh, their worship leader kind of was moving out of state. And I thought, wow, is this God? What a setup. What an opportunity kind of like to be able to lead worship and be close to my parents. Have a really close relationship with them. I would love to be near them. And, uh, and but how many you know? <laughs> Your feelings are not accurate. A lot of times you may think something is from God, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's from God. And so I've noticed that. Let me silence my Apple Watch here. Man, technology is after you everywhere. Um, but I remember during that time, it was a very difficult time for me because I was just like, wow, I've served here for already a good amount, a couple of years at least. And then there's this time where I'm like, huh, maybe should I do that, Lord? Is this you? What's the sign kind of thing? And, uh, but I remember, I'm thankful for my father because God had really spoke to him, um, and he spoke to me often, and it's amazing how people that care for you and love you, right. oftentimes it might be the closest people that you're like, eh, eh, eh. if it comes from somebody else, we're like, oh yeah, we're listening. Just, isn't that amazing how it is with kids? You'll tell them exact same thing, and then the uncle says the exact same thing, they're like, yes, and they'll come up to you, uncle said this, <laughs> they'll take it from somebody else, right? But, um. But I'm very thankful that I always had father figures in my life. Like my dad, Pastor Mark, he continuously spoke to me in my life. And uh, I don't remember my dad saying, Vic, remain where you're at, where you're needed. Yeah. And uh, I was like, Dad, but, you know, and I'm understanding my parents in older years. And I was like, oh, I just want to be around them and things like that. <laughs> and my dad is like, just turned uh, 80 and he's still like super strong. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so like, I realized I'm like, well, what I'm thinking about my concerns, like, are not concerns at all for God. So, but I remember his words specifically when him saying, remain where you're needed. But anyways, um, I had my eyesight set for leading worship. I thought this was going to be where I'm at. A lot of times that's what happens. You're just, you're set on one thing. You're like, this is my calling and things like that. And, uh, but God had something bigger. But I had something bigger in mind, you know, and I love that because often what we think we want, this is it, this is the pinnacle of my calling. God wants to give you more. God wants to bless you more, how his ways are above our ways. Lord's like, I got so much more of you. I think so much highly of you than you think of yourself. You know, that identity comes only to abiding in God, to remain in his presence. And I've noticed that the more I begin during that time and moving forward to understand what it means to remain in God. What does it mean to continuously have awareness of God in all that what you say, think, and do? And so my journey has been just literally from remaining in God's presence. It doesn't mean that, you know, all times you're just like, oh, you feel like praying. <laughs> Not at all. 
Look at David. All it takes is just look at his Psalms. It's like a bunch of emotions. He comes in angry at first. He's like, Lord, smite them. All the enemies out there, scatter them, break them. And then he's like, but Lord, how about I put my trust in you? And all of a sudden, you can always see the shift. What happens? The presence of God enters the room. All of a sudden, you like poured everything out. All of a sudden, and now it's like all of a sudden, things start to clear up. And all of a sudden, you begin to enter in the presence of God. And so God has really been speaking to me specifically for this week to bring this message. And I believe God will speak to us um, as he did to me. Uh, what it means to remain, to sustain in God. Amen? So, very, very thankful about that. Um, I believe, you know, right now, like never before, is the time for us to, the times that we're living, we're getting prophetic words. I mean, evil is left and right. It doesn't take much to understand with what's happening, you know, in the political realms, even in our schools and all the systems, that we need to remain in God. We need to remain in his presence, okay? Um, because I believe God is raising up us an army. I like to always say, like, God has given us ability to live for such time as this, as today. God trusts us with this time. And he wants us to be those people of faith that walk, that are bold, that are not quitters, right? That know how to remain through any challenge that, uh, and not just to remain stuck somewhere, but to know, that know how to remain in God, right? Um, where when you begin remaining in God, when you understand the aspect of continuously being in God's presence, you understand that things may happen, even cuts, you feel like, wow, I just had this and this was cut away out of my life. But it's upside down kingdom. It's like where cuts are actually, they're pruning. God is setting up something for you in your life. And losses are gains. It's amazing that the more you begin to walk with God, the more you understand how God works and how he moves. Amen. But there's power and clarity that comes when you remain in God. Okay. So remaining with God, not only will it sustain you, but it will maintain you through this time. So I believe that is the word for today and just for our time right now. And there are some things um, you could only receive when you remain. There are things that, that you will never receive unless you learn how to remain. It could be in a real life situation, right? Uh, but I want to talk specifically about in the presence of God. There's a lot of people who are content about just to know about God. Um, or have an idea about God, okay? Some are content with just showing up to church and get close to his presence, and that's about it. But how many know that God wants to touch you? God wants to transform you? God wants to dwell with you? God wants to dine with you? I mean, it says he's standing and knocking on the door, right? It's always a free choice. Will I open that door and say, Lord, I really want to know you. I really want to know you. And when you begin to get close to him, You'll start understanding. You become more intimate. It's just like with your spouse, right? If you don't spend time one-on-one, -on -one, you're not going to get to know each other. And it's amazing how through the years, you can like be seven years married and eight years, and you're like, and you still get to know each other more, deeper, and through every challenge, through every situation, your relationship gets stronger and more meaningful. Amen? Um, if you can learn how to remain, you'll receive things, right? Say it with me. Remain. 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 Yeah, say it like you had your coffee. Come on. Remain. remain. <laughs> Amen. So 11 times he makes this statement of remain. In other translations, just abide, abide, abide. Don't quit. Don't quit. Sometimes the difference between a successful marriage and a failed marriage is the power of remain. You know, if you're going, I'm going with you. You know what I mean? So I'm thankful. I'm thankful for all the people that remain. You look at their marriages. You look at their, some of the things. It's like they had, because somebody can look at other marriages and say, yeah, well, they're not married to my spouse. Well, guess what? Everybody got situations. Everybody got issues. Right? We're born into this fallen state. We all have our shortcomings. Our, uh, everybody has fallen short of God's glory. But I believe God is raising up marriages and relationships that could remain, that can sustain, that through tribulations, through the challenges, they know how to remain because they remain in God. Amen? So don't make your current struggle have you throw in the towel and quit. There's something about resilience, right? I like to point out, and I was just praying for Pastor Mark, or, uh, you know, and Pastor Nancy before they travel, and I, and I thought everything that they went through, and how many years you said you were pastoring, you pastored for? Too many. 
like 32 some years. But everything that I went through and the challenges and things like that, I'm thinking, you know, I remember first two years and I'm like, whoo, you did this for how long? <laughs> I'm telling you, there's something about the resilience to, to be able to stay and remain and not quit. I think it's yeah. wonderful. It's beautiful. It's an example. Jesus Christ set that before us as well. He doesn't matter what. He had so many, you know, things that came the way, but it's like, no, I have a big goal. I am here, and I'm going to remain until I complete my mission, until every word that my father told me, I'm going to remain. Amen? So the key word of the day is remain. And I love that this is the gospel written by John, right, who's recording these words of Jesus. And I love that because John gets the insight, um, and I'm thinking, who else but John knows how to remain? Um, and who else but John, who is not just content with being his disciple, to be in his inner circle of his favorite disciples. Yeah, even Jesus had favorite disciples, okay? So um, Jesus is in the body, amen? <laughs> so he was just like us. This fellow, John, would cuddle up to Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, read your scripture if you don't believe me, right? He would get so close as that he would even lay his head on the chest of Jesus. And I'm thinking, if I can get close to Jesus this close, I will. I will use every opportunity. I don't care what people think of me because the thing is, there's always more with God. This is like, says that about John, right? Like, he's just like, I want to be where you're at. He didn't care what other people thought. And so the thing is, sometimes you got to be willing to look ridiculous to remain in God. You get, and I'm thinking, this is my statement. If you're going to look ridiculous of expressing your emotions anywhere, do it in the presence of God. Pour out, like David, he was really good at that. I mentioned, he would just like lay it all out before the Lord. Why God? Why would you do this? And he's like, oh, I get it. Just like continuous, because there's a continuous connection, right? right. Abiding in God, remaining in God's presence. King David looked like a fool sometimes, you know? Remember when he was just like dancing when the, uh, and the other people noticed like, hey, King doing that, what's going on? But he didn't hold back, you know? when it came to being intimate with God. So God wants your emotions. I, I look at us sometimes, and we as men, we can be staying there. Uh, anybody, you know, like, I'm, I'm God's presence. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to show my emotions. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's between you. But I just say that God wants all of us, all of the emotions. He, everything he has placed in us, the expression. And I like to say, like, when you look at children, right, when your child comes up to you and says, Papa, I love you. Ryan does that all the time with me. He's like, Papa, in the middle of the night, I'll pick him up, carry him to another bed because he came to our room. He's like, Papa, I love you. I love you, Papa. How do you think that makes me feel? Yeah. You just want to continue being dad. You're like, yeah. Because he's expressing that. And I love that. And I believe that the Lord wants all of us, all of everything that's within me. Bless the Lord, all my, uh, my soul, and all that is within me. All of it. He wants all. Amen. Hallelujah. But I'm saying sometimes you got to be willing to look stupid to get into intimacy with God so you can have your mascara running and just, who cares? You get to pour out that emotion before the Lord. Amen. 1 Corinthians 4.10 says we are fools for Christ. Okay. Because what people are looking at don't matter. Who cares how I present right now? I'm like, what's going to matter is at the end of the, at the time, because guess what? Everybody's going to die someday and they're going to stand before the throne and the Lord's like, that's my boy right there. Yeah. Well done, my faithful servant. Yeah. I remember you doing all this and all the troubles you had, but you, were, you, were, you didn't care because your relationship with me mattered most than, more than anything. Amen? Because you know how to abide. So this John, <clears throat> he records these words of Jesus about remaining. <clears throat> This is the John, not the one that got beheaded, but this is the John that got exiled to the island of Patmos when you're reading that in the Acts, right? But what I love is, this is the John that even in the isolation, right, even when he was just away from everybody, he, this is when he receives vision. And he sees vision and revelation about new heaven and new whole earth. The book of Revelation <clears throat> was written by that John, right? God will always give revelation to those that know how to remain in him. God will unlock things like you. God gives you awareness, prepares your heart for things and situations to come. Sometimes at that moment, you don't even know what's happening, but the Lord has already prepared your heart. And it's like all of a sudden the situation hits and bam, 
You're like, but your heart is steady. It's your, faith, your feet are planted in the house of the Lord. Your feet are planted in the word of God. Amen? And you know, some people sometimes say, I don't understand why God is um, not revealing anything to me. And I like to say this way. Um, <clears throat> I was like, quit expecting you know, revelation from God when you have a microwave hot pocket relationship. You know, if you guys know hot pockets, what I'm talking about, I'll bring it in here as an example. And I'm thinking, well, the Lord's not speaking to you. No wonder because he only gets two minutes twice a week with you, right? <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> you got to learn how to remain. Remain in his presence. I like to say more of like, when it comes to God, it's more of a crock pot than a microwave relationship, you know? Um, Single people don't know what crockpot is. It's okay, because once you get married, you discover this incredible crockpot and what you can do with just not doing anything but just simply rem let that meat remain in there, right? I remember when I was single, I mean, don't get me wrong, hot pockets are great because I, I lived off a cup of noodles and hot pockets in college. And, um, but I remember there was this sleeve. That's perfect. I just bring it up, didn't think about it. But there was a sleeve that comes with a hot pocket. And if you want a nice, even cook, you got to put that hot pocket inside that sleeve. You know, it's designed for that. Because when it remains in it while it's in the microwave, it will cook evenly, right? Two minutes, 30 seconds. Now, I just remember, that's the key, key time to get that perfect heated. Otherwise, what happens is uh, if you don't put that sleeve in and remain in that sleeve, you take that hot pocket out, you know, it's like drizzling on the outside. It's melted, but it's cold on the inside, just like some Christians today. Oh, man. So, <laughs> too much, too soon. <laughs> hot pockets are good, but they do not compare <clears throat> to my wife's pot roast. She only done it a couple of times, but I, I'm just, I, just, I had to bring it up because it's an example, I think. Um, she would start cooking it Saturday morning, and that slow roasting that starts hitting your nose on Saturday, all Saturday, you're just waiting, you're thinking, is that a dinner for tonight? No, that's for Sunday. And then Sunday morning comes, I'm reviewing my message, and then like here it is, like temptation, I'm just, I should be thinking about the word of God and everything like that, thinking about the souls, but I'm thinking about the spoons, you know, I'm like, oh Lord, <laughs> right? But then, when you come home, and you just, you open up, and you, you don't need no fork or nothing, you can just blow on it, and it's not me. Woof, falls apart. Why? No need, no tenderizer. Why? Because it remained. It remained. And that's what causes that time. There's something that happens when you remain, the power of remain. I know it's a silly example, but maybe that will help you to remember the aspect of God, what happens when you learn the power of remaining, right? So John reveals the statement about remaining in Jesus. And John's gospel is different than Mark and Luke and Matthew because his primary purpose is to reveal Jesus' identity um, than his activity. He shows his activity, but it points to his identity, who he is, right? That he's divine, that he's the son of God. And why is this important? Why am I bringing this up? Uh, because if you don't seek who Je Jesus is, you will never find you. And as you seek him, you'll find you. Because our true identity comes from the one who makes us. God created us. He knew us before we were formed in the mother's womb. He already knew all the potential that we possibly had in the future. And he placed that in you. But that could be revealed only when you learn to remain in him. Amen? Yeah. Culture, what it says, hey, if you want to find you, seek you. Right? You need to go on a self-discovery. You guys heard of that? Where are you going? I don't know. I'm on the journey to find myself. Let me cut that Uber ride short a little bit. Uh, if you're on a journey of self-discovery, um, all you'll discover is yourself. <laughs> and when you discover yourself, <laughs> you're going to see how jacked up, how broken, dysfunctional you really are. Okay? So save yourself that discovery trip and passionately begin to seek who Christ is. Begin to understand. Begin spending time with him. And as you seek him, he will reveal who he made you to be. Right? This is why this happened, Vic. Oh, <clears throat> you begin to pray. This is why I brought you through this. Oh, Lord, I see. All of a sudden, there's just a clarity that comes in the presence of God. It's amazing. But you will never find you looking at you. You have to seek him 
and then remain in him. John also gives us these seven I am identity statements from Jesus. Um, remember, one is, I'm a bread of life. Uh, I am the light of the world. I am the door. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection of life. Weigh the truth and light. And then the last one he drops on us, he says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. So all those statements are important about him, but I'm the vine is different. The last one carries more weight. I'm the vine. He's pointing, saying the cross is imminent. The end is near, right? People can say a lot throughout their life. That's true. But what they say on their deathbed carries more weight. I don't know if you ever experienced that with maybe a loved one, a family member. It's something that happens, something about that last word, right? You will hold that for the rest of your life. So Jesus is essentially on his deathbed before the cross, and he's in this intimate room with his disciples, and all the crowds have left, and he's with those that remain, and he says, the last thing I want to show you, even if you get that I am the door, I'm the bread of life, I'm the way, the truth, and life, remember this, that I am the vine, and you are the branches, and without you, you can do nothing, right? So that connection of vine and branches is so essential. It's a matter of life and death, right? That branch will die without a vine. You will not sustain if you don't remain on the vine, right? Because the moment trouble hits you, oh, and it will come. Jesus says, in this world, you will have troubles, right? But look at John 16, the next chapter, chapter 16, verse 32 and 34. It says, a time is coming and in fact, has come when you'll be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I'm not alone, for my Father is with me. Because he knew how to remain with his dad, his father. 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Right? But if you're not connected to the one who overcame, then you will not be able to overcome Whatever is headed your way, all right? So he says, remain, don't quit. It's going to get tough. He says, they hated me. Guess what? They're going to hate you. That's why Christianity is persecuted. It's made fun of out of all religions. Even like I remember Joe Rogan on his podcast not long ago, and I don't regularly watch it, but it came up on one of the uh, feeds of the Christian ones, and he said, you know, it's funny because he's like, I used to make fun of Christians more than anybody, but it's one religion that is after you know it's just continuously attacked if you think about it right because that is the only way the truth and life is only found in christ jesus that's why every you can make fun of you know like you can attack uh, it seems like you can attack only christianity but don't you dare talk about any other faith right did you notice that so but that is the power of being understanding the power of christ in you the power of understanding that him the power, the Son of God, who is within us, that we're able to move in the times that we're living in and not be afraid and be able to walk over and walk through whatever difficulties. And that's why we're going to be persecuted. All those things that Jesus says, guess what is going to happen to you as well? But if you don't learn how to remain in me, you're not going to do really well. You're going to be very much discouraged, Right? And I love that. And he's like, the last words that I want you to be ringing in your ears. He's like, guess what? When trials come, is to remain. Let my rewards remain in you. Right? In other words, you cannot be your own, your own source. He says, I'm divine. You're the branches. I'm going to be your source. I'm going to be the one that sustains you. As long as you remain in me, you have everything you need. Right? John 15 says right there, I'm just bringing it back up, 15, 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And people say, what, really? Anything? You know, but the thing is, when you learn how to remain in him, you will ask the right questions. It's just like with your spouse, right? Any relationship, you will learn how to ask the right questions because you understand each other. You wouldn't be asking ridiculous stuff that is not, that's irrelevant. So that is accurate, saying if you remain in my words and my words remain in you, then guess what? You'll be not only asking the right questions, but I will give you everything you need to maintain you, to sustain you. 
So you can put a nice life insurance out there, whatever you may have, you know, to secure the future. Guess what? But all of us, your children after you will give an account before the Lord. But what are you doing right now? Where's your investment in? And those things, the most important thing you can teach your children is about remaining in God and what it means. But guess what? It comes from us. Do we remain? I check my heart all the time and say, do, am I remaining? Am I being an example? Because I realize the more I remain in the presence of God, the less arguments I have with my wife and my kids. That's amazing. I'm not saying that there's no potential. I can guarantee there's always an opportunity. Seek and you shall find. You look at your house, you'll have a reason to make an argument with your spouse or someone. Right? Seek and you shall find. It's accurate. It's very true. It's about everything. <laughs> But the more you see God, the more you understand the human aspect of things and how we are. It's like you, because you know how to remain in Him. And whenever you are remaining in Him, He gives you everything you need. He sustains you. You have consistent. You're not going from one side to another, from one extreme to another extreme. Because you just have trust in God. It's like, it doesn't matter. I can look at the people before me that came and the reason, it's just enough to look at certain people of faith and say, how are they so successful? Look at their marriage. Look at their relationship with kids. It didn't come with, with ease, but it did came with one, I can guarantee you, people of faith is because they knew how to remain in God. Okay, I see that in my, in my family's life. I've seen that in people that I look up to because they know how to remain in God. Amen. I want to talk real quick about three aspects of spiritual growth. What happens when you learn how to remain? Number one, for the sake of just rhyming, and you know, I wasn't born here, so you can excuse that, but protect the connect. Okay, that's the first point. Okay, protect the connect. Um, I'm remaining on the vine, I'm protecting my relationship with God. I can guarantee you, Satan is always after your relationship with God. He's always after your time. Because if he can steal your time, you know you won't have time left. Oh, I got my three series. Uh, you know, I'm watching a series on Netflix, but I got to finish that. And next thing you know, it's like, well, no time to read the word. Next thing you know, this happens and this thing happens. And you're just like, there's no time. He's always after our time, okay? Because he wants you to remain in him. <laughs> it's like God wants you to remain in him. Come on. He, he's, he's copying God. He's, trying to, he's after your time, right? But we are not robots. We have the ability to choose. But protect the connect. If I don't protect, protect my connection to the vine, um, it'll only be fruitful to the degree that I'm connected to the vine. I'm only going to be as fruitful. Does that make sense? If I don't protect my connection to the vine, I'll only be fruitful to the degree that I'm connected to the vine, right? Because look, in John 15, 5, the second part of it says, apart from me, you can do nothing. You, you literally just like, okay. You cut yourself off. You're going to weather up pretty quick. But that's how serious the connection is. There's this one connection, I say, is worth protection, right? Holy Spirit gives us the revelation about this connection. It says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Without him, you can't be the husband that you, God called you to be. You can't be the wife that he called you to be. You can't even be single in our times unless you're speaking in tongues and have his gifts of discernment. <laughs> the world's crazy, right? <laughs> you can't even raise your kids without him. You, caught, you, know, you, you couldn't even like get up in the morning. Think about it, right? Because he kept your heart beating through the night. It's your breath, Lord, in our lungs. I think sometimes we think that we can do some things about, without him, right? Uh, and when it falls apart, we're like, oh, God, uh, please, I need you. Help me. Help me. It reminds me of my third child, my Mika, my cutie little curly hair girl. Um, man, <laughs> she, she's in this state where she wants to do everything by herself. I'm like, you know, she'll, get, she'll put on her outfit like, no, Pop, I got it. I got it. I got this. No, thanks. I got it. She's like, no, thanks. I got it. I'm like, the moment I walk in there, I'm just like, Daddy, help. Papa! <laughs> I walk in, like, she got both of her legs in one pant, like, you know, like, I'm like, sweetheart, apart from me, you can do nothing. How do you think I practice my sermons? <laughs> you know, some of us are laughing, I understand that, but that's what we look like sometimes when we try to set off on our own, and uh, you stepped out on your own strength try trying to do what you think you can do without God. And no wonder, you know, when things get tough, like, Dad, <laughs> God, please. 
Notice this, and it's, it's real life. I continue to a person not thinking about God at all, not thinking about anything. Then his, his, uh, her spouse, you know, his or her spouse leaves. All of a sudden, like, wow, and this is happening, and tribulant time comes. You can tell a person is like, knows that he cannot sustain. He can't, has no clue what's going to end up. And all of a sudden, you start seeking things that are important. Because if you think about it, but that's naturally because God has breathed his breath into your lungs. Because you are made to worship him. You are made to be connected to him. So that's why when tribulant time comes, a lot of times, those are the times, are the best times for you to understand and revalidate, Lord, I know that you are my source of life. You are the only one that understands me. Guess what? Because when all else fails, guess what? God is there just standing there. Come on. <laughs> you know, that's why there's an example about uh, prodigal son. And it says that when he saw him from distance, the father saw his son after he went and just wasted all the money and everything. It says the father ran to him. Talking about God's heart, right? He's always just standing there. Because the moment we hit trouble, we're like, help! <laughs> God is like, I've been there all along, right? And I'm thinking, Lord, well, I don't want to get to the situation to allow things get out of hand. And then only then to realize, well, I understand the most important connection is with you, right? Remain, remain. You know, and my job as a parent is to take my children from total dependence and lead them into complete independence. If you think about it, it was just independence. It's because that's what you do. You develop them. You're like, hey, now you're on your own. You got to have to feed your own yourself now, right? And the litmus test of the, their maturity of my kids is can they sustain and maintain without me, right? Now, I like to say this, but in the kingdom of God, it's completely opposite. Upside-down kingdom, where God's job is to take you from complete dependence, a total independence, and to, comp to bring you into complete dependence on Him. Did you get that? To move you from total independence to complete dependence upon Him. And the more you lean on Him, the more you grow in Him. That's why I am connected to the vine. I am the branch, and he's the vine, right? Why do I have to stay connected with him? The main thing. What, what's, the, what's the purpose of that, Vic? What are you trying to say, Vic? So you can bear fruit. He just gave that explanation. That's the whole purpose of our life on earth is to bear fruit, right? We should, we should have the gifts that would follow, right? The fruit should follow. Because he's, che he's not checking, you know, uh, not for your shout, whether you can do Holy Ghost two-step, whatever. Not how much you can quote scripture, you know. Even though all those things are good. Not your church attendance, although you should, you know. He's looking for fruit. He's looking for fruit. What fruit is he looking for? You know, maybe you're thinking, you're like, bananas, apples, oranges. What are we, what are we talking about, Vic? Well, fruits of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, verse 23, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Come on. This is the fruit we're talking about, all right? Jesus is saying, I'm looking for that fruit continuously, right? And if you're producing that continuously and perpetually, and not only am I checking for it, I want to know if you're growing in it, Right? You can ask yourself this question. Am I more patient this year than I am last year? Just throwing it out there, okay? See what lands. <laughs> are you more loving this year than you are last year? Are you improving as a parent? Are you reading more Word of God, right? God is saying, I'm checking for fruit. And he's saying, if you think you can produce all that fruit, what we just talked about, love, joy, peace, continuously and perpetually without me, Good luck. Really. You only produce that if you're staying connected to the vine. He just explained that. Only if you remain in me. Want to know what we produce on our own? A whole can of worms. And it's right there. Two verses before that. Galatians 5.19. The acts of flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality. You don't even need to try hard to get in this, right? I mean, just that's what it says. The moment you walk away, look what's happening. The acts of flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Why are you driving slow in the fast lane? 
okay, maybe it's just me. But I've learned to grow in that gift. Self-ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? Let's get the Galatians 5.22 verse 23 back up. You know, that's, that's just heavy stuff right there that happens. I'm telling you, it's so easy to fall away from God. Galatians 5.22, just look at the, all the fruit, right? That's happening when you're connected to God. You have, when you're connected to the God of heavens, you have love, joy, peace, goodness, faithfulness, kindness. It's just amazing, right? Now, if you're looking at that and you're saying, I got to do all of that, like for real, continually, perpetually, and grow in them? That's something. Do I still get a report card and I'm 50, God? Yes. If that stresses you out, don't let that stress you out. <laughs> Want to know why? Don't worry. There's always, <laughs> there's always an explanation. If you walk up to an apple tree, okay, you don't hear the, tr the tree going, apple. Right? You won't hear this grunting that's happening to push an apple out, right? Apples do not strain to produce apples. That means, and please don't miss this, this is very important. Fruit should never be the burden of the branch. It should just be the byproduct of a connection to the vine. You stressing out? Come on. Fruit should never be the burden of the branch. It should be a byproduct of our connection to the vine. Have you seen my son, Ryan? You guys seen this? Somebody calls him Pastor Ryan. Pastor Robert started calling him, and now he's Pastor Ryan. He tells me, reminds me. I'm early age speaking into his life. But look at him. He doesn't need to stress out to look and be like me, right? He's a byproduct of my relationship, connection with him, right? So I must protect that relationship with him. Protect the connect, all right? My relationship with God is essential, and if I want to maintain in him, I must remain in him, amen? That's why I regularly need to connect with God. You may have your own rhythm, what's going on, but this is what works for me. I, I like to sleep in the morning to the maximum as much as I can. So what I do is when I put the kids to bed, I go for a walk. That's when I begin to pray and worship God. Your mind clears up, and you get to sleep real good. That's just a free tip right here. You also get not only spiritually fed, you get or, you know, fitness suggestions here. All in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Protect the connect, right? So you have to protect. You have to maintain to sustain. You have to maintain that relationship with God, okay? Don't just rely on just a Sunday message and it's like by Wednesday hits, you're like, ah, I'm dying. Because you continually need to be with the Lord, right? That's when you go and you read and you pray. You go into your walk-in. You walk in and you pray one-on-one -on -one with the Lord. You open up your heart before him, right? It's just like I've said, the same reason you go on dates with your wife, because you want to grow that relationship, amen? Protect the connect. I'm divine, you're the branches. And I want you to bear fruit. That's the purpose, is to bear fruit. Um, if you think about it, right? Like, oh, fruit. Like, have you ever been to the store sometimes, and like you walk by peaches, and you're like, man, I just want to take a bite of that, right? So what happens in our life. Say, man, I want to take a bite out of your life. Like, I want to know how you're maintaining in this crazy world. I want to, they look at your marriage like, look at that marriage honoring God. I want some of that, right? Look at them talking normally to their kids and not snapping at them, right? I want a bite of that. That's the purpose of fruit. Fruit is for someone else. If fruit is eating itself, it's rotting, because you're saying, like, wait a minute, well, yeah, you definitely enjoy the fruits of your labor, absolutely. But the fruit, if it sits by itself, it's rotting, right? It needs to be consumed by someone. If fruit is eating itself, it's rotting. If you've never seen anybody, huh, you may, may have never seen anybody that's mean and rotten as a religious person sometimes. I'm just telling you. I know it's very heavy stuff, but the, the reality is this. They can know all the scripture. They're like Sunday school alumni, right? They never, but they never exercise their faith, okay? They know what to say, but don't even know how to smile. 
I have a pious look face. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, just uh, some of the things that I grew up with, maybe that doesn't relate to you. I'm just explaining to you. But the purpose of fruit is to be shared. It's not to be, eat, like, otherwise, if you're not exercising your faith, you're going to rot. Like, all those gifts within you, that's what we continuously, we're a living, flowing a river, right? God is pouring in, you're pouring out. That's what gives you staying fresh and connected to the Lord. Amen? But then... He brings it to another dynamic. So he says, he's divine, we are the branches. Then he brings another dynamic in 15, chapter 15, 1 and 2. Look at that. I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener. So he's not just a good, good father. He's a good, good gardener. I, will. I don't know why I went there. But all it takes is to spend time with Robert, folks. If you want to know about gardening and just like just what it takes, what happens with watching the trees and he, he can take this tree that was yeah. dead and just like fuse it was like just completely just does artwork with it you know and I'm thankful that God is my gardener he knows all the conditions of my he knows all the weaknesses he knows how to transform my mess into a message right he knows how to even take stuff that I screwed up with and use that as a soil or use that as a fertilizer you know it's like you know hey guess what all things work together for good yeah you went on your own but guess what I'm going to use that to glorify the name my name through your life through your difficulties through your situation that screw up whatever it may be I'm just thankful to God who took me out of the darkness and brought me into his glorious light. Amen. He's a good, good gardener. But a good gardener has a clear job. All right. Gardener is in a ministry of cutting. All right. Brings my to my point number two. Trust the cut. Okay. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. That's 15-2, right? Any branch that is dead. Any dead thing in your life that is attached to you. That is impeding your growth right? Sometimes you have to prune a dead branch, especially where it's positioned, right? Because if you think about it, a dead branch can fall off and harm somebody. It can break a power line, right? We all know that in Alaska, you know, wind starts blowing, it's like, man, they expose a lot of bad trees. So he says, if it's dead, I have to cut it. You cannot remain in my presence with your dead things, right? Because I am the resurrection and I am life, right? I am the God of the living, not of the dead, right? The dead things have passed, here comes new. You got to let them go, all right? And the Lord says, hey, the dead things you've learned to live with for many years, that addiction that you're struggling that only you and yourself know, so God's like, hey, we need to cut it. Then he takes it deeper, while every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Wow. Not only am I going to cut what's dead, I'm also going to prune the ones that bear fruit. Right? The things that are not dead. Why, Lord? Right? This is good. I got my dream job. And then I just lost it. Had a trusted friend, then they moved out of state. Whatever it may be. Maybe you experienced a loss of your ability to do something. You were able to do, you were so good at it, then health happened and something. You're like, why God? Because God said, I'm going to prune what you thought you needed. I'm going to prune something deeper in you, right? I'm pruning with a purpose. He prunes you so that you could bear more fruit because God is more concerned with your growth than he is with your comfort. He is so concerned with your growth. God says, I'm pruning with a purpose. You're looking at 2023. God is like, I'm looking at 2033. Yeah. And the fruit that you're going to produce years from now will only sustain you if you remain in me. Only if you stay in. Because that means only if you trust me with that cutting. I trust that cut. Because maybe you think that, I need that. The Lord's like, no, no, no. If I cut that, I have something bigger for you. Yeah. Right? Ah, I thought I was going to be a worship leader. God was like, no, I need you to minister. I need you to be my shepherd. Yeah. Trust the cut. You got to trust him even when he's cutting you. He's a God that blesses, but he's also a God that cuts too. But you have to trust him. And when you say anything that my father cuts, he's only letting it go so he can add more into my life, right? So I trust in God. And if you think about it, right, um, if there's anybody I'm going to trust, let me bring an example. Serial killer, right, 
and a surgeon both use knives. They can. I mean, serial killers can use guns, but like, but I would ra rather much more trust a knife in the hand of a surgeon than the hand of a serial killer, right? I know that God, if he cuts, he does it for my health, my health benefit. He's a good surgeon. He knows exactly what you need to get rid of because he's like, I know your full potential. You don't understand. You're holding on to this thing. You're holding on to this bad habit. And it's like, the moment you let go, I will unlock the doors. I will show you things that are greater beyond your understanding. God wants to give everything to you. He said he has seated us in the heavenly realms. He wants like, but you're tied down to this thing and it's dragging you down, right? Protect the connect. Trust the cut. And the third part of the growth is produce fruit. Then it naturally happens. It, the fruit will be produced. Because you're like, Lord, I know if there's something you're getting rid of, you're cutting. But Lord, I trust the cut. I know that you're a good gardener. That you care more about my calling than you are about my comfort. Because you are made me for a time like this. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Father God, we thank you. Lord, the power of remaining in you. This is how we sustain and maintain because we remain in you, Lord. And I pray, Father God, that if there's anything, Lord, that is just may have been hard for any person to understand, Lord, or whatever it is, Lord. Even if I use a hot pocket logic, Lord, and somebody got offended. Lord, I pray over that heart right now. Holy Spirit, you see them? Lord, I just pray that today we would understand what it means to remain in you, Father God. And I pray over every heart, over every father, over every mother, Lord, over every person in this place right now, Lord, that, Lord, we don't want to wait until difficult things hard come, Lord, and we're just tossed to the side. We have no life within us that sustains us, that gives us the ability to live in a difficult time that gives us the ability to sustain in trial times Lord and I pray Father God that today Lord if there's anybody that needs the renewing relationship with you that wants to pour out their heart before you and say Lord I'm going to put my trust in you not on my own strength but Lord I just pray that you would touch that heart right now Holy Spirit right now in the mighty name of Jesus. If we could just, with all the eyes closed, you know, just as a declaration of faith, there's nothing, you know, about that, but there's something profound about that, is when you show your declaration before God, just with all eyes closed, I'm not going to have you come up here, if, unless you want, we'll be here ready to pray for you, but if you say, Lord, I'm putting my trust in you right now, just pick up your hand, sorry, uh, just pick up your hand before the presence of God, in the presence of God and say, Lord, I'm putting my trust in you. Yes, Lord, you see these hands that are going up, Lord, to renewing their commitment to you, Lord, that to know that it doesn't matter what's coming my way. I will remain because I remain in you, Lord. And I pray, Father God, that would, that word would take a deep root, Lord, that that vine, Father God, that we're connected to would begin flowing into our branch into our life into our children and those branches that are, are coming out of us our children Lord they will see that Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit would flow every day Father God every day so that all others see that we are your children Lord Father God, I pray that today when we come home, when we throughout the week and whatever we start any day, Lord, we're going to say, Lord, I put my trust in you. We're starting our day by, Lord, putting our trust in you and praying and blessing your holy name. Lord, thank you for this word. We love you. We worship you. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.